0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. So you can be really successful. That was the kind of my story of just having the beautiful house and the marriage and the career and everything looked great on the outside. But inside, I was absolutely miserable and my energy level was really low and I was starting to have health issues and I needed to make some big shifts and align, kind of getting back to who I wanted to be when I was earlier in my life before I kind of went with what society said it was to be successful and realign myself so that I can wake up excited and energized to start my day.
1: It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from all around the world. On today's episode, we're talking about money and mindset. We'll talk with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the midlife whisperer, about happiness, self-compassion, and fulfillment the mental side of running your business. And we'll talk money with Rachel Lamontia, an e-women member from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and the owner of Masterpiece Bookkeeping. Many of us hate doing the finances associated with our business. Rachel will talk us through why it's so important and just where to start. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The LinkedIn Lifestyle, Secrets and Strategies to be a LinkedIn Star, Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge. Make sure to sign up to be a Lift As We Climb VIP listener. Simply text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's Lift to 414-240-1315, and you'll be on our notification list for future episodes. Plus, we're regularly giving away prizes to our listeners. How do you keep score when it comes to your business? To be honest, I don't think I do a very good job of this. I mean, I set goals and have objectives and such, but I think I keep score based on the income coming in. That's what most of us do, right? I mean, that's what makes this episode interesting to me. Today, we're talking about mindset and money because I don't think I'm paying attention to the right thing. When I make a big sale or the bank account looks good, I feel good. I think that I must be doing something right, but I may be running myself into the ground, working longer than I want, sacrificing my health, or not thinking clearly enough. I wonder if true success, real success, should be judged by running your business with your personal goals first and your financial goals second. It's pretty easy to say that, I guess, when you're not taking into account rent, food, expenses, and personnel. I could just focus on my personal well-being and be happy. But it's nagging at me that financial success is only part of the journey. That true success is accomplishing the financial well-being and proceeding to operations such that I could feel personally fulfilled and happier with my work-life balance, my outlook, and my mindset. As I say, it's something I've been thinking about, and today's guests will help us on both fronts. Our first guest is Dr. Ellen Albertson, one of our Premier Success Coaches. Dr. Ellen, in addition to being a Premier Success Coach, you call yourself the Midlife Whisperer. And it would seem like it's a logical time to turn to someone for some guidance. And I don't hear the term midlife as much as I used to. So who comes to you for help?
0: Well, generally women anywhere from mid-late 30s all the way up to mid-60s. So I think this idea of midlife has kind of expanded exponentially. And I think one of the reasons you don't hear it as much is we so much associate that period of life with crisis. So it is a period of life where often there are a lot of changes. So there can be health crises, health things that come up for us. People might be going through divorce. They might be going through issues with parents, empty nests, or even just a sense that, gosh, I don't really like where my life is right now. Like I used to feel really good about myself and my business. And I really need to make some shifts. I've lost my joy and I'm not quite sure how to get it back. So I think midlife is kind of coming back. And I think with women, we also associate it with certainly more of the physiological changes that we associate with menopause as well. So it's, I think when women hear it, they're like, yeah, I just need somebody to help me understand how I can let go of who I think I'm supposed to be and embrace who I truly am. So I can just wake up with more energy and joy.
1: And it seems like you're almost reclaiming the word because midlife was always associated with midlife crisis. And it always seemed to revolve around professional goals. Like I haven't reached the C-suite yet or I'm not a millionaire yet, so I'm having a crisis. But it sounds like you're recapturing it and putting a positive self-care spin on it. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's a big piece of it because midlife is a time where we might start having some health issues that need to be addressed. But another big piece of it is often when we start out in our careers, we're using societies and our peers, other people's ideas about what success is. And I think we often get to this midlife place and we think, gosh, even if I've made those benchmarks, like I have C-suite executives, very successful women in business who've reached those pinnacles and they're thinking, why am I not happy? The reason that they're not happy is that their inner self and what really makes them happy, what lights them up, kind of what I call like your destination vibration is not in alignment with the work that they're doing. So you can be really successful that was the kind of my story of just having the beautiful house and the marriage and the career and everything looked great on the outside. But inside, I was absolutely miserable and my energy level was really low and I was starting to have health issues and I needed to make some big shifts and align, kind of getting back to who I wanted to be when I was earlier in my life before I kind of went with what society said it was to be successful and realign myself so that I can wake up excited and energized to start my day.
1: In general, are people talking to you about midlife because they're not achieving the goals that they want to achieve or they don't have what they don't have? Like there's part of their life that's missing. Like they have all of this, but they also want that. So they're looking to fill a hole. Does that make sense? Is it climbing higher or is it repairing something that's missing? What is more common that people are asking you about?
0: Well, I don't know if it's quite filling a hole, but I think what it is, is that they've kind of lost the groove. They're just not as happy as they want to be. So when I ask women, you know, would you rather weigh less, be smarter, have more money or be happier? 100% is happier. It's that desire to really find our passion and our purpose, to feel excited about life, to feel that like we're contributing. So it's not, I think in, in a lot of ways, the old, the benchmarks of having a certain amount of money in the bank, having certain metrics. You might have reached those things, but inside, it's a little bit of an intangible sense of like, what do I need to do to feel good on a day-to-day basis, as well as a lot of women are coming to me, frankly, just for health issues. So they are overweight. They're struggling with their energy levels. They're starting to experience some chronic pain, maybe some chronic health issues, and they're really looking to me to help them get on track in terms of their lifestyle.
1: How do you talk about happiness? Because I've heard some ways described to me, and some of the comfort I've found around happiness is basically letting go of the attachment to things, that you become happier when you don't want as much. Is that how you talk about it, or how do you talk about happiness with your clients?
0: Well, I talk about it, that's a piece of it, Pat. I think a big piece of the happiness is that mindfulness of tapping into being happy, feeling good in your skin on a moment-to-moment basis. So part of that is learning how not to let your mind be the master, but learning how to harness and utilize your mind, but also to connect with your heart, to connect with your intuition, and let that lead you to a higher place of happiness where what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and how you're relating to people, including yourself, has kind of a different tone. So it's almost, again, this sort of idea of a different vibration where you're not leaning into these benchmarks that we're always taught that that's what you go for because that's really concrete. But learning how to show up in a different way. And a big piece of that too is learning how to be there for yourself. And that's where all of this self-compassion, self-confidence really comes in and helping to people to really treat themselves the way they would a good friend.
1: And treating themselves that way, we've been trained not to do that. We've been trained not to prioritize how we feel and what's important to us. We have these metrics and goals that we have to go chase and we have to have a car and a house and a thing and we put ourselves last oftentimes. Is that the foundation of self-compassion and that concept at least that you're more important than almost everything else?
0: Well, it's not so much being that you're more important. What self-compassion is, is really learning to treat yourself like a good friend so that when you notice that I'm stressed, and who's not stressed these days, right? With all of the uncertainty and everything that's going on, rather than just plowing forward and tuning into that workaholic, that taskmaster says, like, do more and then you'll be happy. When you notice that you're stressed or suffering, you stop. You tune into what am I feeling right now? Is it sadness? Is it frustration? Is it grief? And then asking yourself what do I need? So there's this mindfulness piece of noticing, God, I'm struggling right now. I'm really suffering. Just like if you had a good friend who was upset, you wouldn't tell them like, yes, go on your computer and like email 12 more people and make something happen. You'd say, gee, can I come over and give you a hug? Would you like to talk about this? Can I make you dinner? So the first thing is being mindful, noticing, okay, I'm stressed. I'm suffering right now. And then the second piece is being kind to yourself, Rather than judgmental, we're so, as you were saying, just being judgmental, pushing ourselves to work harder to strive more, but just noticing I can be nice to myself right now. And then asking you, what is it that I really need right now to be able to turn towards myself the way I would be a good friend? And also, I guess the final piece too is what's called common humanity, realizing that everybody is stressed and everybody suffers. So often when we are suffering, we think it's just me, we think that something is wrong. And with self compassion, you recognize that. Suffering, struggling is part of the human condition. I know for myself personally, I've been practicing this for about eight years now. It's just made a big difference in terms of that level of happiness that you were kind of alluding to earlier about how do we get there. But self compassion is kind of like the thing that we can do to elevate our overall level of true happiness.
1: Is it true? And do you observe with the people that you talk with that if they slow down, they speed up? That if they Take care of themselves and they take their foot off the gas, they're actually more effective and they grow more. Does that happen or is that a myth?
0: That absolutely happens. And I find that for myself as well. When I slow down, and I'm not someone who slows down, I usually am going, you know, 150 miles an hour. But when I slow down, remember to breathe, remember to look at my to do list and really sort of mindfully look at it and say what's truly important. I definitely accomplish more of what is truly important and then end up being much more fulfilled and happier overall. So yes, I think when you do slow down, you actually do speed up and accomplish more.
1: You're a premier success coach for the eWomen Network. Tell us about what someone is thinking when they finally break down and book that 30-minute consultation with you. When they come to you, please, Dr. Ellen, (laughs) where are they emotionally? If they're feeling that way right now, when should they call you?
0: Yeah, I think the minute people start to feel a level of concern, insecurity kind of kind of deep in the pit of your stomach where your gut's saying, gosh, whether it's my personal life or professional life, I need help. That's when people should use the premier success coach opportunity. I find that people, and it's not just me, I've talked to a lot of managing directors, other success coaches, people in eWomen don't use it enough. And it is a tremendous value. All of the Premier Success coaches have a lot of experience. And generally when we're doing our coaching, we're paid at a very high rate. We're very good at what we do. So I think that people are a little scared. I think when people come to me, they're a little scared to even admit to themselves that they're struggling. We're all scared of showing up and being vulnerable. We're all scared of saying part of my life isn't working and I need help. But when you're noticing that in yourself, that's the time to go to that page. You get two free sessions. I've used them myself and found tremendous um, help. I've even actually um, engaged with people after the fact and hired them as a coach. So it's really an amazing benefit. So people are feeling they're struggling, whether again, I'm great at personal and professional. I really work with women around the health, the body, the energy issue, the career issue, and relationships, as well as just having more fun. So if you're feeling really stuck, that's the time to go ahead and enlist a premier success coach.
1: It's great that you're here because the e-women universe, if you will, is driven around the founding premise of we're going to get a million women to make a million dollars a year. And the environment is such that we're going to drive and we're going to grow and we're going to scale and we're going to do great. And if you're not feeling good along the way, the fact that you're here to help us, right? It's almost not admitting defeat, but being self-aware enough to know I'm not in tune right now. I need some help. So it's really great that you're here as a resource, as someone to kind of decompress and get back in touch.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for that. Because I think that's a piece of it. We have all of this energy. It's the kind of like, get up, drink three cups of coffee, make things happen. And particularly in the times we're living in right now, you've got to do the self-care. There's a lot of stress out there. Stress is all about that cortisol production, which turns on the inflammation, which really contributes to a lot of these chronic diseases. If you're not feeling as good as you'd like to feel, there's so much that you can do to take care of your body and then you'll have a lot more energy for your business but I think that's an issue we kind of joke about that work-life balance (laughs) you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about
1: yeah well when you're taking care of yourself and you're feeling good your confidence soars and something you have for us is catapult your confidence kit can you tell us about that and how someone can learn a little bit more
0: Sure. If they want to go ahead and grab the kit, what it is, is it's a guidebook and it's a workbook and an MP3. So the MP3 is a meditation that you can do to get in touch with various aspects of your own energy. The guidebook is going to help you to really understand what confidence is and how you can build it. And just as a little little hint, the word confidence comes from the word confide. So confidence is really about trusting and confiding in yourself and showing up as your true self. And I think that takes so much energy to wear these masks and not be ourselves and not be really connected with who we want to be on the deepest level. So this is going to help you start the transformational process.
1: And when you show up as your true self, you perform your best anyway.
0: You do, because we're all meant to shine as ourselves. I mean, We each are here for a reason. We have things to do. We have a difference to make in the world. But when we're trying to be somebody else and we're wearing a bunch of masks, first of all, it's exhausting. It's not a lot of fun. And we're not really doing what we're meant to do.
1: We talked all about professional stuff. But one of the things that weighs on a lot of us is our weight and our health. Can you talk about weight loss just for a second?
0: Sure. The majority of people in our culture are struggling with their weight. They're struggling with health issues. It's easier than you think. And one of my genius zones is taking people who have been on every single diet in the world. I don't put people on diets. I really help them do the planning, the prep, the mindset to really be successful at changing your body. So if that's an area that you've struggled with, please do connect with me. I've been a dietitian for 26 years. I love food. I don't put anybody on diets. And I've had an incredible track record of not just helping people get to a healthy weight, but just really transforming their relationship with themselves and with their body and with food. You just don't need to have that monkey on your back anymore. Life is tough enough. You don't need to struggle with food and eating.
1: Don't forget, you can also talk with Dr. Ellen by reserving your free 30-minute Premier Success coaching call. Book it right on the eWomen website. In a moment, we're going to turn our attention to cold, hard cash and talk with Rachel Lamontia of Masterpiece Bookkeeping. She'll help us better understand why we need to pay attention to the books and the positive effects of knowing our numbers. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The LinkedIn Lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. Get daily content ideas, engagement activities, and profile hacks to stand out on LinkedIn. Market your business, make some noise, and become a LinkedIn star by leading the LinkedIn lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Free now at linkedinlifestyle.com star. And Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. If you're tired of duct-taping six or seven programs together to stay close to your customers, you need to know about Cultivating Sales. Texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, even a website builder. Cultivating Sales does it all. And they have a secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the Expressory. Let your team and customers know you're thinking about them by sending a work-from-home care package in the mail from the Expressory. Thoughtful gifts conveniently shopped and shipped by your personal relationship-building concierge. Text HOME to 414-240-1315 for the work-from-home care package catalog sent instantly to your phone from the expressory. Your relationship-building concierge. Offer ends June 30th, 2020. Few things will sink a small business faster than not knowing your numbers or ignoring your finances. If you've ever peeked at your credit card statement and it's a surprise, or you thought you had more money in the bank than you do, this interview is for you. We're talking with Rachel Lamontia, an e-women member and owner of Masterpiece Bookkeeping about small business finances. Rachel, when it comes to small business owners and their finances, when is the time to start paying attention?
2: That's really interesting question. And I think when you first start a business, there is a point in which there's just not a lot going on financially. And it's okay to maybe just look at it every once in a while. And that's when you're kind of in freelance mode. So it's just you. You're doing all of the things and you have very minimal expenses. But at some point, if you kind of shift your thinking to wanting to scale your business and you start thinking about spending more money and investing it in your business for the purpose of helping it grow... That's maybe a key that you want to start paying more attention because once you start spending money, it's really easy to keep spending money. And that's especially the case if you're looking at people, because labor is arguably one of the biggest expenditures a business will have. And making sure that it's working for you and that it's efficient and that it's in line with your model is really important. So, whether that's even hiring a contractor, like a marketing person to help you out or an assistant, or especially if you're looking at employees. I think that's a really solid trigger to say, all right, I want to make sure my numbers are in order.
1: All that stuff makes sense. And we try really hard to launch our business, but sometimes we just don't pay attention to our finances. Why don't small business owners take finances more seriously?
2: I think it's easy to ignore. It's one of those things that a lot of people just view as an admin task. And so it sits on the back burner, right? And as small business owners, we have to do all of the things, especially when we're first starting out. We have so many pots going that it's easy to keep a couple in the back. And with finances, I think it's really easy to say, I'll just wait until it'll be more fun to look at. Once we're really making money, then I'll pay attention to it. But the irony is that by paying attention to it sooner, you're actually giving yourself a better chance to actually make more money and be better at it. And it just kind of sneaks by you. And I think there's a lot of things in life like that too that work that way. Health, for example, is one of them. Nobody ever plans to reach middle ages overweight and with a lot of aches and pains, but we know what happens. And then once you're there, there's all of these emotions around it, right? Finances are super emotional. A lot of people have blocks around them. And then there's that sense of guilt or embarrassment. I've had people tell me that. I'm embarrassed to let you look at what's happened. But to that, I would say the past is the past and you can't change it. But if you make a decision now to make a step and start looking at it, we'll get it together and put you on a good path to profit.
1: Is that when you know it's time to look at your finances when it starts to feel bad and you want to hide it from people? Or is there another trigger that lets you know it's time to start looking at your finances?
2: I think you don't want to let it get to that point. Mm. So like, you can look ahead a little bit and try and not let it get that far. It's better to do it sooner. Kind of like we talked about earlier, the triggers around wanting to scale your business and invest in more things and people and wanting to be able to manage those investments better.
1: Let's talk about some of those people that do show up feeling guilty or they're concealing things. I'm sure you've seen it all, but on the whole, is it really as bad as they think it is? Like is? They're terrified to show you. Is it really that bad? Or is it generally they're blowing it out of proportion because it's all in their head?
2: It's really funny because I get both. There's some people that are like, oh, this is a gigantic mess. And we look at it and yeah, there's things to fix, but it's not the worst we've ever seen. And then some people who are like, oh yeah, it'll be fine, just clean it up. And then we start digging and we're like, whoa, this was a mess. So it's a really interesting personality study that way. But we always find stuff. I could tell you story after story about what we find and fix and bring to people's attention
1: in their books. Can you tell me a good news story? Because I'm sure there's a million bad news stories. But can you think of one where you had a surprise in their favor? Like they pulled over the Monopoly card. Bank error in your favor. Like you found a good thing in their business?
2: It happens. We actually find people money pretty frequently. So here's when that happens. A customer writes a check for the wrong amount, like they transpose a number or something like that. Customer or the client doesn't realize it, deposits the check. And then we look and, oh, the check doesn't match what you invoice them. They owe you 50 more dollars. And sometimes it's hundreds of dollars that we can find that way. So yeah, by making sure your numbers are done, you'll find things that you normally wouldn't have because you're taking a higher view.
1: So how do you start paying attention? If you go from, I know it's a mess, I'll fix it later to, okay, fine, I'm going to fix it. How do you start paying attention?
2: There's two steps. I'm going to make it real easy. Thank you. Step one one is to get it together. Like, Make sure that your data is together, it's accurate, and it's going to be kept up with on a regular basis. Step two is then to start learning. Learn how to read your financial statements and all of that kind of stuff. And you need both. There are people who will do step one and get it together and have financials sitting in a folder on their computer and never look at them. And they're missing all of the gold that those numbers will tell you about your business. And some people try to go straight to step two. They're like, hey, let's figure out what's going on. We need to analyze what we need to do. But if their data isn't right, then they're not even analyzing anything that makes sense and probably making decisions based on wrong information.
1: So when you start paying attention, what good things happen?
2: You get to know your business in a different way. There's a lot of different lenses we view our business and especially our business model through. One is like customer and marketing and how we're doing it for them. One is operations, like how it works. And one is finance. You need to know if your model works for you. And I have a lot of stories about that too, where people don't realize that their model isn't really working the way that they thought it would or that they need to tweak it. And that's okay. We need to tweak our model all the time. There are big businesses that have made so many tweaks. And I just had a bookkeeper friend the other day say, I was looking at my stuff and found a couple of clients that didn't, weren't making me money. It's fine to tweak it, but you need to learn your numbers in order to do that. So you learn some of that stuff. I've had a lot of people tell me it gives me peace of mind to know that my books are done or a sense of relief because it's not that extra thing hanging over you. And I also think that it really helps you make better decisions about your business. So we tend to make decisions based on ultimately our gut reaction. Do we think this is going to be good for my business? We look at what's the information that's available and make a decision. Knowing your numbers makes your gut better. Because you know how much you're going to have to make to cover that or how long it'll take you to make it back or how much you have in your Flex account or whatever it is. Your gut is better because you know more information.
1: You do a brilliant job of helping people learn and explain what's going on. It's one of your superpowers. I've had the luxury, if you're just meeting Rachel for the first time, I've talked with her several times and she's explained concepts to me and she does a great job of having it make sense. So if you're walking around right now and you don't know your numbers and you're like, I don't want to call someone because they might be mean, Rachel does a great job of holding your hand and explaining it and making sure that it's not as bad as you think. And I want to ask you one more question before I let you go. After the COVID-19 disruption, did you learn anything about helping people be prepared for either the rest of 2020 Or if something like this happens again, are you coaching anyone on a different type of cash reserve or emergency protocols? What are you telling your clients right now?
2: It's really interesting what's happened over the past couple of months because it has made a lot of business owners kind of reevaluate where they're at and what they're doing. And I had one client that was... He's a newer client. So we had just started working together before this happened. And when it happened, he came to me and he said, "Rachel." I don't know how much money I need to make to keep this thing afloat. And that was a really powerful thing. And he was so grateful that we were going down that path so then he would learn it. But like a lot of people who waited too long. And so I think knowing your break even and where you need to be and then knowing a plan for your rainy day. And I do this when I do goal setting workshops. I say, set your goal, but then also like flesh out what it means if you have a really amazing year and a really crappy year. Because you're going to have to make different decisions based on each scenario. And if you've pre-thought about it, it helps making those things a little easier, even though the situation is, you never saw it coming, right? If you can think ahead a little bit, it'll help you out in those situations.
1: I don't know about you, but I absolutely detest, and I mean hate with a capital A, doing the books. If you can relate with that idea, consider Rachel or another bookkeeping partner and unload it. When you do, you'll feel free. Besides, doing it wrong can introduce you to the IRS, and that's a big no way in my book. I consider it money well spent. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Lift As We Climb podcast, and we'd love for you to become a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's easy and free. Just text the word lift to 414-240-1315. That's Lift. 2414-240-1315 and you'll be on the notification list for upcoming episodes and you'll have a chance to win prizes we give away regularly. One more thing, we are doing a guest call. If you have something you'd like to share, something you think everyone would learn from, we want to have you on the show. We want to highlight members along with our premier success coaches, managing directors, and VIPs. Visit liftasweclimbpodcast.com and you can apply to be on the show. Make sure to apply soon. The list is getting long, but we'd love to see what you got. LiftAsWeClimbPodcast.com and apply today. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the idea coach and one of your premier success coaches for the eWomen Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.